Good evening, everyone. Sports Nuts and Beer Guts coming at you. Episode 55, the double nickel. Tonight, we have the Tennessee Trio. Sounds like a backing band for a 1960s balladeer. No, it is Cookville's finest, Chris Collett. What's up, fellas? The pride of Kingsport, Mr. McClure Boyd. Roll tribe, let's go. And uh, Kingsport second-class citizen, yours truly. My name is Matt. Uh, glad to be here, guys. How are you doing this evening? Doing, doing well. Good to see you. Well, good, good. Well, How are you doing? This guys, wherever you guys question. are listening from. Oh, I'm fantastic. I am wearing my uh, smoky hat um, in honor of uh, the Vols this weekend, going down to Baton Rouge, smoke on the bayou. going to be a great game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, feeling good. Um, yeah, wherever you are listening to us tonight, thanks for, for taking the time to, to listen to sports nuts and beer guts guys having fun chatting about sports. And, uh, this week we're going to chat about some controversial topics. There's been a lot of scandals in the sports world, not necessarily mainstream sports, but, um, you know, fringe sports been some serious scandals that have uh have rocked a few um sports worlds so we're, we're going to discuss those i'm going to do a little bit of chug super poor with the nfl and uh and wrap it up gonna be a nice clean episode tonight so you guys ready to go oh yeah all right fantastic. Absolutely. bring it bring it beautiful all right guys so um these scandals we're going dis- to discuss there's been one in chess one in uh fishing one in poker and one a little bit on the uh, in, in the NFL. Um, the level of sophistication of these um, scandals, ideas to cheat, vary pretty dramatically, I would say. The first we're going to jump into, um, a pro bass fishing tournament. Um, one guy decides to stuff his fish with walleye cutlets wrapped around lead sinkers now on the sophistication scale this one's pretty low because you know it was concocted with two boys sitting in a boat saying hey man you know what what's gonna help us out here is if we we put these sinkers in the fish gonna be heavier and the other guy thought it was a brilliant idea and it went from there so uh guys i personally i'm devastated the integrity of bass fishing has truly um you know, been diminished in my eyes. Uh, McClure, can you ever look at someone sitting on South Holston with a uh, fishing pole the same way? Was that a recording that you played or was that an impression you just did? I couldn't tell the difference, but, um, just comes through naturally, man. (laughs) This, this is one of the coolest stories to come out. It's just a, uh, the the video is amazing. It's about a two minute video of when they caught this guy cheating so to give a backstory, I guess this guy wins a lot of these. He he's oh, won a lot of them in the last several they, in the last several years. He's been like a won champion. Three hundred thousand last year in a walleye tournament. He won three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that, that team did. So this guy oh. has also won several, you know, fully stocked boats that are worth you know, those boats are worth seventy five thousand dollars easily. And, uh, you know, so there, there is hundreds of thousands of dollars that this guy's won that they now suspect may have been done like this before. But, you know, just the video of them cutting those things up and the, 
the lead balls. It's 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 like something you can't. It's like out of a sitcom. It's 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 something good. That was pretty good. Chris, how'd you how'd you feel about it? I mean, you had the guy standing there. The video is awesome. He's just standing there, stone faced, wearing his sponsored, you know, Columbia fishing shirt, dead eye, looking ahead, like, oh, yeah, I guess I did it. Uh, you have any any thoughts on this? I I kept waiting to hear somebody say, uh, "Grab his dick and twist it." That's what I was waiting on while I was watching that video. If somebody could like show that video and then have that audio of "Grab your dick and twist it." Uh, that would be a phenomenal TikTok uh, for TikTok creators out there. I'm, I'm giving you a layup on this one. I haven't seen that one yet, but that would be a phenomenal TikTok. So, well, as I may, our, um, I may create my first TikTok. Tonight. I was going to say, as our multimedia empire expands, maybe yeah. there's an SNBG TikTok where we can have our terrible hot takes and you know brilliantly spliced clips, as you just mentioned. So, oh man, that that's a good possibility. Um, if this thing happened uh, in East Tennessee, what are the odds that that person makes it out of there without blood of some sort? I was absolutely shocked that there was no violence, like right on the spot. Especially now, knowing the backstory of the hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars that potentially yeah. are on the line. Yeah, like when you're talking about that kind of money, man, and the people, you know, it would. I just was amazed there was no violence, but. And there could have been afterwards. I didn't see the whole thing, but uh, just I was wondering too. Like they, you know, usually in these tournaments, they uh, catch and release is what I'm what I'm aware of. Is that is that kind of what you all are aware of? Because if I thought they the put case, them in tanks in the boat and then let them go. Yeah, they they have to be alive at the weigh in, or it's like a deduction. Uh, as far as after the weigh in, getting them back in the water. Uh, that's a, that's a 50, 50 proposition. So I wonder if the intention was to throw these lead bellied fish back in the, uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, they but, wouldn't float. Thanks. Yeah. To <laughs> I mean, there's, there's that. Uh, the one thing that also stood out to me is, is these people, the fishermen, they can look at a, look at a fish and they'll know almost exactly what it weighs. So getting away with this is something I remember I went deep sea fishing, uh, we had a red snapper and I don't remember what the length had to be, but they're like, yeah, it's me about inch and a half short. You're, you're just, you're just shy. And I was like, this thing's a big, a big fish. Are you sure? And he put it up there and it was like exactly an inch and a half short. And I'm like, so them getting away with it for this long, uh, is kind of shocking. So yeah, this was uh, quite the scandal. I didn't expect to wake up, stroll through TikTok, and just everything be fishing, but I don't know what day it was. Friday. Friday or was it Saturday? Uh, yeah, weekend. I think. Yeah, I think it was the weekend. Yeah, I think it was Saturday morning. I just got there and I was just like, "Wow, this is this is insane." Uh, two thoughts to wrap this one up. One, um, speaking of TikTok, there is a TikTok channel that um, McClure and I especially love called Little Bubby Child. The worst. It's so fun. It's so specific to East Ten Upper East Tennessee, even. And I feel it like is. everything that transpired in this fishing tournament could be. Um, a caricature on a little bubby child TikTok. So that's that's one I, thing. I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. We could and we could send it to Chris and annoy him for years. To Absolutely, come. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, the second yeah. part is just, it's funny how that muscle memory works. Those little party tricks. There was a there was a point in time that I worked when I worked for Delta that I was you know throwing bags up front and I could pick up a bag and tell you 
if it was 50 pounds, if it was 49, 48, 53, just because you do so many in a row. I mean, all day, every day, is this bag overweight? I know in a second if it was overweight. Now, that's not as good as pulling fish and, you know, knowing that closely, but just I think anybody does something that consistently, you, you end up an unintentional expert in some circumstances. So, anyway, moving on to an additional scandal poker. Now, I know very little about poker, um, enough to play Texas Hold'em. That's about it. There was uh, an accusation, I guess, of the World Series of Poker or some sort of associated event. It where was, it was just a, uh, it was just a video. It was big enough to be tele- okay. It's it was big enough to be televised. Table. High yeah. stakes table at you know in Biloxi like a, where you usually like a, play. It's like a YouTube thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, what happened, Chris? Explain it to us because I don't understand. Essentially, we'll go down to the turn. Uh, that's what matters. This girl has Jack Four. The guy has eight, seven of clubs. There's a 10, nine in clubs on the flop, uh, open-ended straight flush. Always hard to get away from a straight flush draw uh, just just because it doesn't happen often. So if you have one, you're usually trying to stay in there. Uh, they get to the turn. Everything's kind of vanilla. Uh, he bets like 2,500. She min raises to 5,000. He shoves for another like 115,000. So you're like, oh, there, that's a $100,000 call. Um, she had nothing. She had jack high. Uh, he had nothing. He was just on a straight draw in a, in a club draw. I had a flush draw there. Uh, uh, she didn't have a pair. A jack high is just a, not a strong hand at all. <laughs> I know that. Much. Uh, I, I mean, even a weak ace would have, uh, you can be like, okay, at least she had an ace, whatever, but she had nothing. And she, she did stall for a little bit. She called it, which was bizarre. She was actually behind, even though she was ahead in the hand, like the hand ended at that point, she was going to win it. Due to the number of draws he had, uh, she was actually behind like 52 to 48. So as far as cheating goes, I don't know if risking 115000 on a coin toss is worth it. Like it just... Uh, Her odds were 48%. And yeah, odds at 48%. So from that perspective, you're like, I, I don't know why. Uh, I think she just looked at her hand, she misread it, but... She did do lots of interviews afterwards uh, because it was a story and she did not present herself well. So that's why the, I think if she just said, hey, I misread my hand. I thought I had Jack three. I had a pair of threes. Not good, but I thought he had nothing like she might have been like, I thought he had an ace high club draw kind of thing. Something like that. You're like, OK, that makes sense. But yeah, this was a uh, the more she talked, the worse it got. Uh, I love poker scandals because that is one passionate like niche kind of thing where every poker player thinks they're the best poker player imaginable. Uh, A lot of characters in poker. So the takes on this one are phenomenal. There you go. That's, that's all I got. That's pretty solid. McClure, two, two questions. One, how much of that did you understand? Two, um, if you were in her shoes, would you have done the same thing? I'm not sure what I would have done. I, I understand a little bit about poker. I, I can play a game of Texas Hold'em and, and not uh, just make a fool of myself, but that's about it. But no, I didn't really understand what he's talking about too much. But um, good. But <laughs> one of my favorite movies ever is uh, Rounders. If you've never seen it, uh, great movie. The, the the John Malkovich character Teddy KGB. He says uh, every t- you know he gets real mad at the end and he's chick 
chick chick and that's a, that's all i like to do when they play uh, when i play poker and i just say that over and over i don't really know what i'm doing but i say that a lot if you say that a lot with confidence and like john malkovich that might just cause somebody to fold exactly and i might even be betting and just saying check i don't even know what i'm doing <laughs> so th this sounds like it could be everything from a um a poor cheating scandal that was bad or, you know, cheating attempt that was badly thought out to just a mistake and somebody who is terrible at explaining themselves. She's, she's not an experienced poker player. Like she's been okay, playing so, for a year. So, so that's probably what happened. Yeah. But she's also playing, I mean, a game with $200,000 in chips in front of her. Yeah. But I promise you there are people like there are people that do lots of things with money. That they are not qualified to do. Very, so I don't, that, very true. Yeah. Fun one. Well, the the, la the well the third scandal we're going to discuss is probably the most sophisticated. Now we are about to tell a story that both involves chess and possibly anal beads, and I don't know that there has ever been a story that included those two items, and it still be PG thirteen or less. So McClure, take it away. What happened um, in the with the number one chess player in the world? So Magnus Carlsen has been the best chess player in the world for quite some time. He, he, so he was in a tournament and was playing against a guy uh, and resigned from the match abruptly and quickly. And nobody knew what happened. He's never done that apparently. And it was a big deal in the chess world. So he had to address it. I'll read his little tweet real quick. He says, dear chess world at the 2022, so, uh, Singwefeld Cup. I is that is that Singwefeld? I made the unprecedented professional decision to withdraw from the tournament after my round three game against Hans Neiman. Hans Neiman is the guy we're talking about here. So to never Hans, trust a Hans. It's gotta be Hans Gruber. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but he goes on uh, for, on this for for a while, but basically vaguely accuses him of cheating. So the chess worlds had kind of been in an uproar. Uh, what's gone on? How, what what happened? So one of the uh, apparent main rumors that's got some type of credibility that I I'm not sure of is that this Hans fellow had vibrating beads in his anus that were giving him Morse code directions in order to beat Magnus Carlsen. Uh, if that's true, this man should try to uh, uh, be the CEO of any company he wants because he has some good stick to and some uh, creativity, and uh, he could probably do anything he wants to do in life. I mean, one, what of do you guys core, think? one of the core values in my company is stay scrappy, and boy, if you're that's that's pretty scrappy. So yeah, um, I. I, I mean, it was. It sounds like it was a cryptic tweet. I chess controversies sound uh, incredibly boring to me, but um, yeah, the My number question is to the guy that is giving the code, that's tapping the button that makes the beads buzz inside the anus. That guy, you know, is he like a caddy? Is he getting ten percent? And if so, why doesn't he just go join the chess tournament as a player? Yeah, does he oh. have a different angle on the board? Like what? Oh, so he's doing a simulation on his computer as uh, Carlson does it. Yeah, that's the uh, 
that's the thing the, there. That's okay. The trick, uh, well, it's not that he's good. It's just he's simulating the move and uh, based. You know, what I mean, like chess is like based on ten thousand simulations. This is the best move. I uh, sure for, am glad you're a pro at this anal bead Morse code stuff. Something like that. You're I'm pretty well versed in all these scandals. Sounds like Chris. I yeah, I'm I'm, I'm used to can- scandals. Reminds me of my college days when my <laughs> wife wife uh, broke up with me. <laughs> We won't get into that one. Uh, Chris, Chris scandals. <laughs> if we're going to break down a Chris scandal, it's going to involve oh, a rug. That was an awesome <laughs> scandal, by the way. That was one of the best. Yeah. Um, what was that Netflix show uh, about chess? It was maybe two years ago or so, three years ago. Oh, uh, the Queen's Gambit. The Queen's, yeah, that was a great show. Uh, yeah, so I watched it. Oh, highly recommend. I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Uh, it's just about chess. It's about a very socially awkward, kind of socially awkward, uh, girl, like an orphan in Kentucky. And she turns into like a chess grandmaster kind of thing. So, uh, very good show. It's a great show. So when I saw this, that's what I first thought of. It brought back some good memories of that. Um, if, if Magnus Carlson thinks the guy was cheating, I think there's a great chance he was cheating. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I would want, I mean, anal beads, vibrating anal beads. Is it really worth it? I might rather, I a hundred percent sure I would rather lose than uh, go that route. Yeah. I mean, of course, like this may be, we are all probably talking about high stakes things, the fishing tournament, the high stakes poker table. This is probably a high stakes chess match with a lot of money involved. Um, I'd still rather lose. It's not worth the money. Fair enough. Like, let it be known that, yeah, that's that's not a way Chris is gonna gonna cheat. All right, last scandal. Um, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I can't even say that name. I think I said it right. Um, was clearly concussed on Sunday. You mean Thursday or Sunday? Thursday. Oh, okay. sorry. Well, he was okay. he was concussed and then played shortly uh, thereafter. Um, Chris already had, let's go for it, Chris. What 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 are your thoughts on Tua? Should should he have played? Um, the the doctor that cleared him was fired already. Um, that was just Mike, a procedural move. Mike McDaniel was... has gone from you know loved to heavily criticized. Yeah. I mean, overall, the NFL over the past seven, eight years has taken measures to make the game a bit safer or, yes. and, and it seems like it's worked. Concussions have been down. Um, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. The you know, ESPN was showing clips of, and like everybody, jacked yelling, up. Jacked so, up, you know, yeah. um, you know, and so, so now we're, we're past that. We want football to continue. We want pe- players to be safe. We want CTE to go away. So two is just one of these, these circumstances where um, he was injured. Did he come back too soon? Did he not? Chris, what do you think? So last, last week we discussed, did two have a concussion uh, based that was before the Thursday concussion. Yeah. And I think we were all agreed that, that there's a good chance he did uh, no definitive way, but based on the video evidence, I, the Dolphins should have held him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDaniel. I mean, he's a head coach on the sideline. There's a chance he didn't see two as, 
you know what I mean? To his fall, yeah. to his stumble. There, there's a great chance. And as far as McDaniel goes, uh, the doctors say thumbs up. It was a back. He's good. He passed. He passed the concussion test. Like he's good. I uh, still think they should have held him out of that game. But even if you hold him out of that game and he doesn't have the like, there's no concussion symptoms. You don't think he had a concussion. He's going to play Thursday. And that concussion's still going to happen. Mm-hmm. And just because there was a concussion Sunday doesn't mean Thursday's, or, you know what I mean? What, if there was or wasn't, his reaction, his fencing mechanism is just a natural, it's a natural uh, mechanism mm-hmm. for, head, for head trauma. Head so trauma, yeah. I don't think anything that happened the previous Sunday had anything to do with that. I mean, he got slammed back of his head and it, typical back of the helmet hitting the, hitting the turf. Uh, concussion's definitely a worry there. Uh, that's why in boxing you can't hit the back of somebody's head. <laughs> Probably so. Good. Yeah, it is. It is good. So, as far as that goes, I don't. I just think there was a huge overreaction to. Oh my god! Uh, as far as the doctor getting fired, like uh, the NFL Players Association can fire at any time for any reason. Mm-hmm. So that was once. It, once the second one happened, that was just a procedural. Somebody has to be the quote unquote fall guy, and it's definitely going to be that person uh, who we're not on the hook for money for. I think too. As they said he's going to miss this week. I, I mean, it all depends on symptoms. I mean, if he's symptom free all next week, I mean, he's probably suiting up next Sunday. So, so you're saying if that doctor thought that was a sound call and like sound judgment, and they fired him for that, he cannot sue because of the NFLPA agreement. Yeah, it's it's a mutual like NFLPA uh, or the NFL uh, can fire at will kind of thing uh, can can move on from one doctor to another. It's kind of and a slippery slope. Is, yeah, if you if you look at a lot of stuff like that, you can look down the road like and see that doctor may sue down the line, and if he wins, then he was had merit, you know, and didn't you know you can look back at those situations, but yeah. nobody ever does. That's you know? gonna be buried. I mean, I'm sure he got money just to be like, okay, thank you for your services. Uh I mean, vis- anything there's a visual that he might have a concussion, I think it's an obvious you should take him out of the game. He shouldn't return that game. But if there's no symptoms, what's there's nothing to keep him out of the next game. So that's my only thing with the two. I was kind of it was just a cluster that Thursday. I guess it was a standalone game too. So you had ever all the eyeballs on that one game, and it's just like, oh my god, mm-hmm. yeah. And that Twitter was just a mess, and I was just like, I think there's quite the overreaction to this one. That was my my thoughts when scrolling through Twitter. I don't like to see anybody get concussed, but yeah. So that, that's a tough thing. So McClure, I'm gonna ask you if you're if you're you know. McDaniel, you're a coach. You're not a medical expert. Your doctor comes to you, though you've seen, um, maybe you saw evidence of something that looked like a concussion. Doctor tells you, I mean, he's he's good to go. Your player says, good to go. What do you do? Well, you know, my instinct would be to say, if you saw him fall like that, you, you don't let him play. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't know what it's like to play a game for <laughs> where each game is literally worth millions of dollars. So, uh you know, those, those stakes are like that, where it's like, if, if Tua himself is telling you, I'm good, let's do it. Like, where's your responsibility lie? Like, I know there's got to be some because you don't just let somebody be reckless. But I don't know. That's hard. You know, I would say that I would want to sit him after seeing that. But that's just what I say from, you know, armchair quarterback in it. 
Yeah, so I mean, if you're the, if you're the head coach, things ultimately do come down on you. Even I mean, good leaders surround themselves with other good people. Um, Except so for Bill Belichick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His uh, his coaching tree is not that good. So good good call there. Uh, Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels, <laughs> Charlie Weiss, Romeo Mancini, <laughs> Mangini, all the Mangini or Mangini, man. Yeah. Hey, I yeah, saw so, Charlie Weiss Jr. somewhere this weekend. I don't even know where. There's a really he was Florida State and Charlie Weiss. It was Charlie Weiss Jr. in the box. He was like an offensive coordinator for somebody. Didn't didn't he go to Florida in some capacity or no? Am I crazy? Sounds right. Yeah, he did it Charlie point. Weiss. Yeah. Okay. Charlie Weiss. Yeah, he's had a lot. Of, I feel like there's a lot of buyout money that's been thrown to him. <laughs> but of fond memories of his uh, stint at Kansas. So <laughs> undefeated Kansas, by the way, who is hosting um, college game day this week. Yeah. Big opportunity there. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's, let's jump into Chug Sipropor. Um A few NFL topics we're going to hit on here. Um, the first, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, um, in an earlier episode, I gave some hot takes. Just for the record, all of my hot takes have been hot garbage. All of them. Everything I've said has been completely wrong. So um, my football opinions this year are pretty much invalid uh, when it comes to the NFL. College are totally valid. Go Vols going to go 12-0, and 0, you know. So anyway, um, Kenny Pickett. Uh, the Steelers have made a change quarterback. Um, moving from our favorite backup, Mitch Trubisky, moving to rookie Kenny Pickett. Um, Kenny Pickett didn't have a ball hit the ground last week, which, man, great That's job, impressive. Kenny. It really is. Um, the problem is a couple of them went in the hands of the New York Jets um, and contributed to the Steelers blowing a 10-point lead to Zach Wilson and the Jets. Um, granted, no TJ Watt. No, uh, no, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, he got hurt. So, anyway, Chug Zipper Poor, Kenny Pickett has a ball hit the ground this week. McClure, what do you say? I'm gonna, um, pour that out just because I think there's gonna be several in the dirt, um, that will, uh, not even get close to anybody at all. They'll just be right in the dirt. But, uh, no, I'm gonna have to pour that because I think that's a, that's a tough task. I think even for Kenny Pickett. I did see a funny meme though. Uh, are they are they playing the Bills this week? Is that correct? They yes, are. I think they're fourteen point so, underdogs. So That's I saw a, a meme. It was, I I think it was the one of the Bills safeties, and he was smiling on the picture, and it said Kenny Pickett with a question mark, and it said Yes, he can. That was a funny <laughs> meme. I like that. So, yeah, um, so I'm gonna pour. I'm gonna pour that though. I think that's that's just a. I think he'll have some hit the ground. Chris just, Kenny doesn't have a ball hit the ground. Chuck super poor. Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to pour that one out too. Um, that's that's an impressive debut. A ball not hitting the ground. Did uh Peterman have that good of a day? You remember that one start he oh had? Oh my gosh, uh, I need to look that up. Please uh, do. The Peterman start against Florida. I was at that game. Oh, don't remind me of that one. Oh boy, that no. was. The- so I, bad. I, I specifically remember before that game, Chris texting us and saying both coaches are idiots and started the wrong quarterback. 
And you were right. Jeff Driscoll's first play for Florida was a pick six to our Kingsport boy, uh, Devon Swafford. And then Nate Peterman was like three of 14 with three fumbles and three picks. Um, oh, so spot this, on, Chris. His NFL debut is even worse somehow. Um, his career numbers, three, three touchdowns, 12 picks. Wow. Uh, but anyways, on this – the Steelers are 14-point underdogs. They're uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the first time in franchise history that they've been 14-point underdogs. And they're that. the last NFL franchise to be 14-point underdogs or worse in a game. So it broke that virginity for them this week. Man. Uh, I actually think this is a game they win. If, if I'm putting money, I think I'm putting money on the uh, Steelers' money line, small part, like small little $10 thing on that. Because uh, this is like classic Mike Tomlin. They lose to the Jets, which I called. Uh, we have a group message. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a group text. And I was just like, I think we're talking about college football upsets. This just doesn't happen. And I was like, oh, you mean like uh, when the Jets beat the Steelers next week? Which happened. It was so predictable. Such a Mike Tomlin loss. And he follows these up with like victories that you're like, how did they win that game? It's kind of like the Titans. Uh, Vrabel has the Chiefs number somehow. I don't know how. He does. Uh, but yeah, similar thing to that. So. I think a ball hits the ground, so I'll, I'll pour it out, uh, unfortunately. so. But I do wish him luck because I don't like the Bills. So, yeah. You don't like the Bills, really? No, I don't. They're, they're getting so much. I, it's like this specific team. I just feel like they're getting a lot of love, like they're the best team in the AFC. Uh, they're a good team. They're, just, they're pretty banked up right now. Uh, yeah, losing Micah Hyde for the year was brutal. Yeah, yeah, Hyde. Poyer's been in and out. Tredavious Wyatt, I don't think, has played yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever that defensive tackle that went to Houston from Houston, uh, can't remember his name. Good, good player. He's he's been injured off and on this year. Ed something another. You know Oliver. About? Yeah, Ed Oliver. Uh, I don't know. Yes. But I called the Bills to go twenty and zero at the first of the year is my hot take, and I'm I'm uh, sticking with it still this week. Twenty and zero. Well, what to know this week? <laughs> Could be another scandal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm pouring it. Kenny. Kenny's gonna. He's gonna go about. I don't know. Seventeen for twenty four. A touchdown and two picks. Two hundred and thirty yards. That's my call for the week. So. We'll see what happens there. Uh, You're right. This is a game that that historically Steelers will lay an egg against the Jets and then go beat a really good team. Um, Don't see it happen. They're they're missing too many players right now. They're too banged up defensively to do anything with Buffalo. All right, the next one, um, absolute barn burner um, this week. The Texans and the Colts playing one another. Week one, they played to an exciting 20-20 tie. I think it was 20-20. I think you're right. Yeah, where both teams really worked hard for that tr- that tie and squandered chances to win the game. Um, Chug Zipper Poor, Chris, the Texans beat the Colts this time. This is tough. Last week we predicted the uh, Dolphins would lose, the Eagles would win. Uh, or yeah, what, no, what was the who was the one the team that hadn't lost yet? That was the Dolphins. Dolphins, winless team. The Raiders, Raiders would beat the Broncos. So we were like, those two teams will offset, and we'll be stuck with these two. So it's kind of the battle of the the winless uh, Texans, yeah, winless Texans. Uh, I think they get the win. The Colts are bad. 
Matt Ryan's bad. I saw the tweet. I think I shared with the group where it was talking about um, there was some frustration from, I think it was Neam Himes, mm-hmm. uh, the running back, where he was just like, yeah, every year we have a new quarterback, so it, yeah, he's learning the system. It's just it's every year there's a new quarterback, which is that's ever since Andrew Luck retired, even if you go before Andrew Luck because he was injured. You know what I mean? He missed the whole year. They had the brisket guy uh, who's playing pretty good in Cleveland right now. Uh, yeah, so the Colts are just bad. Jonathan Taylor's already been ruled out. So give me the Texans. Chugging it. McClure, what do you think? Winless Texans going to, uh, what, one, two, and one Indianapolis. Who wins? I don't really know much about either team, but I feel bad for Matt Ryan for just that Super Bowl. I still feel bad for him over that Super Bowl. So I want to I wanna go with him on this one. I'm going to have to sip this. Or, uh, let's see. If the Texans cannot beat the Colts, then I will uh, chug this one. No, no, no. Sip, uh, Texans beating one. the Colts. Texans, you're pouring Pour. it out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pouring this one out. Okay. Um, yeah, I still feel bad for Matt Ryan, too, with that Super Bowl because he was lights out. Um, <laughs> just some, some play calls. Anyway, we'll we'll not dwell on that. Uh, we watched that game at your house, McClure, which has been the home of many sports tragedies. Yeah, we sadly. can't do that again. Yeah, yeah we're, we can't do that again. You have the best setup of any of us. Great movie room to watch a, watch a game, but uh I think no less than four just really terrible games there. We're and tragic good. injuries as well. Paul George. R.I.P. Paul George's leg. <laughs> um uh, I think um I was wrong about the Colts. No big surprise there as I have been everything else with the NFL this year. Um I think that the Texans win this game. I'm going to I'm going to sip it. Um Damian Harris um has looked pretty good. Uh Pierce. Davis Davis Mills is uh Damian Pierce. Not, what did Damian I call him? Harris. Damian Pierce. Oh, that's the uh that's the Patriots. Patriots running back. My bad. Damian Pierce, rookie running back. Um Davis Mills isn't terrible. Um he's he's not great, but he's not terrible. Um both these teams are bad. Jags are looking good in that division. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to sip it. I think Texans pull it out. All right, the next one, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Birds are flying high. Number one team in the NFL, undefeated. Uh, Jalen Hurts, a couple more wins. You know, he's going to start getting MVP buzz. Um, They're playing. Hmm? He might be the MVP right now. I mean, the season knows? ended right now. He's up there. Yeah. He is uh playing against Cliff Kingsbury, Chris's favorite coach in the Arizona Cardinals. So Chug Sipper Poor, uh, Chris, the Eagles lose to the Cardinals in the Battle of the Birds. Ugh. So the Cardinal season, as I predicted, uh can't clink key cliff. Ah, can you say his name? Cliff Kingsbury. Hopefully his middle name doesn't start mm-hmm. with a K. Um he uh the season's going off the rails. Kyler Murray's kind of revolting on him, which doesn't make any sense to me because I guarantee you the next head coach of the uh, Arizona Cardinals will not be as player-friendly as Kingsbury. Uh, I don't know. This feels like a game that could be a shootout, that the Cardinals may score enough points to make it a one-score game at the end, and you never know. So 
I'm going to sip it because I could see it happening. I don't think I don't, don't know that it's likely, but I think it's going to be closer. I, if I was betting on, I'd take cards and the points because I'm sure they're getting I don't know four points or so. So because I think it's in Arizona, so yeah, I'm going to sip it. Going to sip it, okay. Yeah, McClure, what do you think? I think I'm going to pour this because I've been uh, really surprised by Hertz and how well he's playing and just like all around, not just the, you know, before I felt like he was just a running threat, but he's just playing so well and the Eagles are, uh, I just feel like they're better in general. So I'm going to, I'm going to pour that. Yeah, I think I'm going to pour it out too. Um, I think the Eagles win. One thing that's kind of amazing to me about the Eagles is Five years ago, they won the Super Bowl with a completely different coaching staff and yep. and nucleus, I, and they're they're a contender again. I don't know that there's, I can't think of another complete tear down and rebuild that happens so quickly. I mean, I'm sure their, there's their GM's really good. I who, mean, who is it? Uh, 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 Roseman. Yeah, Howie. Howie Roseman. Yeah, Howie Roseman. He. I mean, he. He's somebody that's like a firm believer in building uh, from the inside out, which I know. Yep. I know you're a huge fan of. And if you watch football, I mean, offensive lines can destroy an offense, and defensive lines can just wreak havoc. And if you win both lines of scrimmages, you're gonna be in every game. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, just having a ton of. I mean, the Eagles have done this for years. They've just always had pass rushers. They just keep keep churning them in. You know. Somebody fresh is is uh, is chasing chasing you on third down. So, um, really impressive there with the Eagles. Yeah, I'm pouring that out. So, I uh, think the Eagles fly high five and zero. All right, uh, we had a very uh, controversial, well, controversial not the right word, semi heated debate in our uh, text thread with the fan our fantasy league this past week regarding IR spots. Um, there are a couple people that are go ahead, Chris. What are you about to say there? I, I just need to queue up the Dave Chappelle uh, wrap it up music right now uh, and just start playing it as you uh, as you continue this conversation. Listen, you and Logan tag teamed <laughs> like the Bushwhackers and wouldn't listen to any points that anybody made anywhere. Y'all so, had points? Yes. Can Several you, can times you please, the things were reiterated you, in the same way. And I'm still not sure that you guys understand that Yahoo changed how it's done. Can you please tell me those points? Because I still can find holes in every single one of those points. It's like Swiss yes. cheese. Yes, there are holes in nearly every argument. And one way to strengthen your argument is to acknowledge the weaknesses in your own argument. Um, I'm waiting. Okay, so the point of an IR spot. You have a great player. They get injured. They go on either injured reserve or are specifically out. In that Sucks circumstance, to suck. Sure, it does. But in... A lot of circumstances, you are then forced to make a decision of have an empty roster spot. Do you cut somebody? Do you um, keep that player on the roster? I have Elijah Mitchell on HO, on IR. Left him. I've still got him on the team. Just what I've chosen to do. Um, Offered you a bag of like rotten potatoes for him, and you did. rejected I, it. I, I did yeah. appreciate that. I'm I'm trying to go as long as I can this year without making a single roster move. Um. So I love you right now as somebody that's in zero and four. <laughs> uh, for the first time ever, I had a decent draft. But anyway, the IR spot. Um, 
allows you the flexibility to move that player to injured reserve and pick up another player. Simple as that. That's all it is. Um, the contention is that people will manipulate that, but Yahoo does actually freeze your roster. You can't make changes. Um, you would literally, to manipulate your roster, have to cut someone and then pick up a player on injured reserve or out to put in that spot. It's it's a nothing piece. So, McClure, we're going to start with you. Chug, super poor. Um, IR spots. Well, I'll chug our spots just because uh, I want to uh, kind of uh, throw something on the fire here for Chris. But, you know, I, I really don't have too much to add, honestly. I just want to tee it up here, Chris, because I know you're passionate about this subject. I know you feel really strongly that you do not want the IR spot. So I'm going to chug the IR spot. But why don't you go ahead and just lay out this case that you've been spouting out all week. Put us in our place, Chris. Why? What's your chug uh, take? It's it's really simple. I'm gonna I'm gonna what was it? IR spots. I'm pouring them out. Okay. Um, they're not necessary. The purpose of fantasy football is making decisions. Um, your winner at the end of week sixteen, week seventeen. I guess there may be a week eighteen now. Is there a week eighteen now or no? Mm, yeah, no, we don't play yeah. like. But I'm saying seven. like. In the NFL, if, if you were to play in a league that mm-hmm. uses that last week, whatever. Anyways, there's like thousands of decisions, like hundreds, like hundreds of decisions. Like you're in the draft, especially in an auction. Do I bid one more dollar for Saquon? I wish I did. I love Saquon pre-draft. Like he was my RB1, essentially. I just, I loved him. He got the $52 and I just couldn't hit 53. Like could not get myself to do that. Uh, I wish I had paid 63 for him right now. Uh, didn't happen, but the purpose of fantasy football is it's making decisions. So not having an IR spot makes you make more difficult decisions. I think that's what this is. The game is for. Um, if I had an IR spot, I guarantee you every single week, I'd have a person that would be my IR spot. Uh, I would add, I I've spent a dollar the last two weeks on Kadarius, Tony, uh, just because I think he has potential, uh, I think that wide receiver core for the Giants is awful. So he could have a good week, and I may be able to flip him for something a little more reliable. Uh, that's why I keep picking him up. If I had an IR spot, he's been out the last two weeks. I would have just plugged him in the IR spot and just added somebody else, kind of thing. Uh, I would, if you don't use an IR spot and you have it available, uh, I think you're wasting your uh, an opportunity. So. For my from my perspective, it's all about decisions. It makes you make tougher decisions. I love tough decisions. So I think that's what fantasy sports are about is just decisions. Do I add? Do I drop? Do I do I make this trade? Uh I've been on a trading tear so far because yeah, I'm going for uh but that's that's the beauty of fantasy uh football, I think, is it's just it's all decision based. Do I start this person? Do I sit this person? Uh yeah, I mean, I started Mark Ingram, who somehow got cheated out of two touchdowns because one, he was injured, and the other one, Taysom Hill, stole it from him, vultured it from him. Uh, and I benched Pollard uh, for the Cowboys, who ended up with two points. So it turns out I made the right decision, even he though I hated, the right the, I hated the decision all day. I was just, like, kicking myself, like, man, that was the worst. Why did you do that? Uh, so, yeah, as far as that goes, I just love decisions. That's That's... The reason I'm anti-IR is I feel like it 
it helps people make less decisions, uh, which I'm against. So it's all about that. It has nothing to do with anything else other than I just, I love tough decisions. I wish we actually had more starting spots. I wish we had an extra wide receiver spot. Honestly, I, I know that's a opinion. Some people don't share. Uh, just because somebody only scores six points a week doesn't mean that six points doesn't matter. I think it would take away the guy that scores 30 something points, which happened to like three of the guys I was playing against last week. Damn you peak. Uh, Peaks loaded. Yeah. He is loaded. So that's my, that's my venting on it is I think it's just an easy way out for people not to have to make a decision. So, um, okay. Get all that. My take is I'm, I'm, I don't feel strongly about it. I'm I'm a sip. I won't um, interrupt, so you can go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, no, I, I'm again. I don't. I'm not. I don't have a strong opinion. I thought it was kind of hilarious how much you guys were just so had such a visceral reaction to it. My thought, though, yeah, it's I'm all about decisions and making them and forcing people to make decisions. Also, but I would argue that it's an additional layer to the strategy. And if you think you can do that better, then why don't you want it? Uh, the strategy is not my problem. It's the uh, picking the right players. That's the problem. <laughs> I will out-strategize anybody in our league. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I just suck at picking the right players. Well, it's uh, just just saying. It is another, another layer to the strategy. McClure and I are in a league with... Um, I think I'm like I'm probably the dumbest guy in the league. We got like, lawyers and doctors and people that are really smart. The higher positions there, um, it's not manipulated much at all because truly, I, Yahoo did change it before. You could just put an injured player there, and I know and they make did changes. If a guy's so, out, you can throw him in the IR spot, but they have to be out in order they, to uh, use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then that. your roster is locked. Like I tried to take Jameis Winston off of IR and make a move, and it would not let me. Because I had, to, I had to cut another player. I'm the guy so, that would go a week and just suffer through it and be like, okay, that's good enough if I thought it gave me advantage. so Fair enough. It's another layer to the strategy. I don't think it's a big deal either way. I just thought our heated debate was pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to stick with you and Logan as the Bushwhackers. So uh, tag team uh, tag team extraordinaire. I don't know much about wrestling, but McClure, do you approve of that? I, I used I to be the quite the Bushwhacker like back in the day. Hands. You did? <laughs> The Bushwhackers, their move was to lick people's heads in the audience. Really? Yeah, that was their thing. I was talking other things when I was the Bushwhacker. I thought thought they were, uh, didn't they make a cameo appearance on Family Matters? Oh, they they did the whole like TGIF rounds. I think they were on like Dinosaurs and uh, uh, Step by Step. Suplexed Balky. We we need Cole in here. Are the Bushwhackers still alive? That could be Natty Light trivia. <laughs> the Bushwhackers still alive. Because if they are, this this would be a great one to uh, to get a cameo from the Bushwhackers. I'm I mean, I could imagine right oh, it would man. cost more than twenty five dollars. <laughs> oh man, means they're not alive. Uh, well, they're built from New Zealand. Up. Oh yeah, they they are. I thought they were Australian, but. I, uh, so oh, I guess they're New Zealand. It's a good way to make a Kiwi mad. <laughs> it says R, so I assume they are living. Okay, that's good. Wikipedia, yeah. So I think they are alive. We'll have to check into that. 
Great news per Wikipedia. They did appear in an episode of Family Matters and wrestled against Carl and Steve, who were wrestling as the Psycho Twins. And they did appear in a music video for the Insane Clown Posse. Wow. Bushwhacker Luke. Who's Bushwhacker Luke? Was that one of them? It was. Definitely one of them. I'll tell you what. If you have spent some time listening to... Oh, that's... Wow, what a face. Yeah. Wow. It's $40. Somebody is getting a Bushwhacker (laughs) Luke cameo at some point. Somebody's getting Bushwhacked this year. Um if you have spent the past 45 minutes listening to this podcast, no doubt you have uh, been enriched, uh, learned some things uh, about cheating scandals, um, the Bushwhackers, which really just ties a nice bow on the end of this episode for a nice piece of, um, you know, dated cultural references and, uh, uh, you know, pop culture trivia from 20 years ago. Either way. Guys, great to chat with y'all tonight. A lot of fun. Thanks for joining us from wherever you listened. And as always, if you drink, don't drive. We don't get any Vols talk tonight. Okay, pause. If you drink, don't drive, stop before you. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to take the last couple minutes, talk about the Vols. Chug, sip, or pour. Um, Tennessee goes into Baton Rouge and just absolutely thrashes the Tigers and and, uh, Brian Kelly McClure. What say you? Uh, we're we're tipping that over. We're chugging that. Oh, Chug we're it. definitely chugging that. Yeah, apparently uh, Eric Ainge tweeted out that the uh, the LSU coach was talking about how we only have one offensive set, and apparently that's a, a clue to him that we're just going to run all over him. So I'll go with uh, Ainge and say that we're going to go down there and just tear him up. I still got my Vols optimism going all just right. because they're playing so well. Uh, the defense is not playing great. They're giving up points, but they can at least outscore people. So I'm going to say we're going to go down there and win. I'm glad it's an early game, though, and Chris mm-hmm. was that helps. the one to make that point last week. Chris, chug, sip, or pour, smoke on the bayou. I'm going to chug it because Brian Kelly is one of the uh, worst human beings alive uh, in coaching. Uh, he's very miscast as the LSU coach. He just doesn't he fit is. the bill. Uh I just think he's going to fail there miserably and make about $90 million doing so. Uh, I think that's what his contract was for. Uh, So, yeah, I I think Tennessee is going to score early, score often. I don't think LSU is that good of a team. Uh, And I think Tennessee is actually a pretty dang good team. Granted, the secondary is a little weak, but LSU can't can't exploit that, I don't think. So, give me the Vols by about 14 and uh, go Vols. Go balls. Um, real quick, last time Tennessee won in Baton Rouge. You guys remember that? 2005. Was that the hurricane? That was the hurricane game played on a Monday night in a comeback and was actually you a remember terrible. remember that hickey? Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we, we were at Johnson together. We were at Johnson trying to find a place to watch the game on Cumberland and yeah. couldn't find it somehow, or you couldn't get in because you were 19. That might that, be part of it. That too. Um. Was that the long yeah. overtime game? Was that the mini overtimes? That's when I think, yeah, LSU was up like 24 to 7. Early. Um, we, we actually left wherever we were watching the game. That's Maybe true. like Chili's or something downtown. I can't remember in Cumberland. Yeah, we just, yeah, that's right. It was like a, we decided it was a blowout. We went and, back uh, and then we were probably playing the Dynasty or something. Probably. And all of a sudden, somebody pulled up the laptop and was like, holy shit, it's tied. 
in OT, um, this is the game where um, Eric Ainge chucked the ball over his head, resulting in an LSU touchdown. And uh, one of the one of the three of us had some choice words from Mister Ainge on Facebook. Okay, so it's all coming back to me now. I remember the <laughs> thanks, play. Celine. Yeah, I remember the play because so Ainge, long ago, <laughs> and I and I just talked about Ainge too. This is uh, coming full circle yeah. here. Ainge, when he was, I think he was backed up in his own end zone, yep. and threw the play where he got twirled around and just threw it, you know, behind his head or something, and it just looked crazy. Some real and Mitch that, Trubisky shit right there. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, I was a little bit more brazen when I was uh, 21, and uh, sent him a. <laughs> A Facebook message as we were personal Facebook friends at the time, <laughs> and uh, mentioned something about Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, and uh, it made him upset, and he blocked me. So I, I was, think this uh, was so long ago that you had to have an edu dot edu yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, email was. address to access Facebook. Yeah, I wish it was. Facebook still had that. Uh, yeah, then I wouldn't have to be on there. Same. Um, yeah, somehow you could only have yeah, of of the limited number of friends that Eric Ainge had on Facebook in 2005. McClure was one of them and managed to get kicked off because <laughs> saying that he chucked the ball like Uncle Rico. Um, either way, balls came back and uh, Gerald Riggs game-winning touchdown. Chattanooga uh, boy, right? Ch- yeah, yeah, and uh, Red Bank. Chattanooga Red Bank, uh, and then uh, Rick Clawson, the quarterback that uh, engineered that comeback. Mm. Ended up being a was Rick the lefty that was just had the world's ugliest throw, like it was like pretty throwing bad. motion. Like it just looked like he was just slow motion. He was by a mile the worst of the Clausens, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more than a mile. Yeah, here's a story I heard about Rick Clausen. That uh, oh, I'm ready when, for this. So apparently, Rick was like the most eccentric of the Clausens and was just like kind of a strange guy. And he had a dorm, or I guess those athletic dorms, there's a first floor where you can have a window that would essentially someone could just walk up to. And he would order, like, takeout and pizzas and stuff, and the people would roll up. And he had just a floor, an entire floor full of mattresses. So his entire room, there was no space that was not a mattress. Wow. That's that's the story about Rick Clawson. I, I got a Casey Clawson story related let's, to something semi-similar. Um, so Claus, Casey Clawson was very unliked by the fan base, even though he was better than people would remember. I think uh, post Clawson, we would love to have Casey back. Oh yeah, um, in a heart in a heartbeat. Um, so one reason he was unliked, he comes from a pretty wealthy family. Uh, he didn't want to live in the athletic dorm, so his parents bought him an RV. And he lived in an RV on wow. campus. Like we're talking like we're not talking like a small one of these pop up RVs. Like we're talking like a big ass RV. Uh, he lived in uh, that on campus. So wow. Yeah. So that's Amazing. that's why he had the stigma. He thought he like people thought he was too good to live in the dorms. Like he had that attitude about him, and that's why there was, was a, you- there's some fan just fan anger towards that kind of thing. Like he was too good, and California younger- boy. Yeah. And his younger brother just chose to have a floor of mattresses. That's pretty yeah. funny. I mean, hey, yes, Casey Clawson. Here's my fun Casey Clawson facts. Career fifteen and one on the road. Pretty good. Unbelievable. 
including two wins in the swamp. Your Florida, your just football knowledge is awesome. Uh, it's, don't know why it sticks, but it does. Um, we don't have any Natty Light trivia because he's traveling on a work trip right now, so that's oh. unfortunate. Shout out to Natty. Maybe he'll have a Jimmy Clausen question for us soon. Just so we can, Nat- you know, touch on his, the whole family. His next one's going to be uh, stumped, stumped the Hickman. Uh, he stumped me last week, Kirk Cousins. I know. You're so set yeah. on Matt Ryan. Even you were wrong and you still would I, stuck I with it. I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of Matt Ryan sympathizers. I don't know why. He, My niece met him once and he was incredibly nice and kind to her. So, anyway. Hey, was he the quarterback of Boston College when they played Navy? He when, was. We have seen oh, Matt Ryan live. Yes. True. In a, in a great moment for this group, the 2008, 2007, Meineke Car Care Bowl in Charlotte, maybe 06, 06, I think. Um, that was a great Yeah, trip. We, saw, we saw, yeah, Matt Ryan uh, come from behind to beat Navy. We were uh, Navy super fans that game. We were. We got, I think we paid zero dollars for we, our tickets. We got two different pairs of free tickets that, like, we did. We were, there's four of us, I think, right? Logan, AWOL, you and Me. I, McClure yeah. was somewhere else. I missed that one. Where was that for that one? Doing I something think else. you were high or something like that. <clears throat> we, went to, I'm not we, sure. we went to Stephen Barry's. Shout out to that defunct. Starberry. Uh, Starberry's, yep. Bought some <laughs> Navy gear. Um, I wore a Captain Crunch hat and used that. That was one of my old tactics for scalping is wear something disarming. Like this, this smoky hat would be a great choice for it. Um, or like a Gus Ferrat jersey. All those things disarmed you. Yeah, put your fingers in the air, man. We were great at that because we, you know, you look unassuming when you're wearing a Captain Crunch hat. People just give you tickets at the Mighty I was always very impressed when we would go and do the scalping for um, the NCAA March Madness tournaments, and uh, you had yeah, the, you, you just had that insider knowledge, mm-hmm. man. You were you were like a uh, like a shark out there. <laughs> I don't know about that. I just had a um, high tolerance for embarrassing myself. What What are the odds we can do a sports notes and beer guts uh, March Madness uh, opening Ooh. opening round this year? I I am in. I let's, think there's a pretty good it. chance of that. I'm in. Um, let's go. I'm I'm in. I got PTO. I can burn up, and a company I work for doesn't mind if I use it. So I'm not used to this. So I'm in. All right, we got to figure out where the sites are in oh. 2023. Uh, which regional are we gonna or, or sectional? What was it? Regional sectional? Um, yeah, regional sure site. Okay. Our very first one, McClure and I went to. Uh, oh, nine was the very first one Miami. in Miami. Oh, yeah. we walk out of the American Airlines Center and McClure nearly runs into Warren Sapp. Yeah, that was, he Warren was Sapp is better than Walter Jones as a football player. Just throwing uh-huh. that out there. He looked so yeah. tiny in person. He he's, was short. Not, I was gonna say he's short, but he was one badass but man. Mofo. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a couple years later we ran into Tory Holt. You know, it was great. NC State. So, I love it. That's uh all right. We're it's um hey everybody's invited. Um, we're going. It'll be a great time. So, all right, guys. I think we can wrap it up there. We covered a lot of ground uh, this week. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for spending the time with us. And as always, if you drink, don't drive. Do the watermelon crawl. Boom.